So hear my people, hear my voice. Yes, the door is open. Repent and come through it. For I have a plan, and it is the blessing plan. And it's far greater than anything you have ever seen before. I have a new birth for this nation. I have planned a nation right at this moment that you really don't have any concept of what it's, what it's like. For think back to 1770, 71, 72, 73, and a new nation was born. But do you think that the men of that hour had any concept of what this nation would look like a hundred years from that time? No, they had no idea. It had never happened before. Hear my words, America. I have a new nation in my heart and in my mind, and you don't know what it looks like. The door is open. Step through it, and together we will bring a new nation on the earth, one nation under God that trusts in God. And there are those who would say, how could that possibly come to pass? It can come to pass because I am God and I change not. And my plan has already has already been planned before the foundation of the world. And you listen to me and you walk with me and together we shall see it come to pass. But for all those who will turn their backs on what I'm doing now, you will be like those of old who get trapped in the desert and your bones will fall in the desert and you will not experience the greatness that I have in store. But I have a people. Raise your hands and say, we are that people. people. I have a people that have humbled themselves and have turned from their wicked ways. And I have more and more who are seeking my face. And I'll tell you this, I'm easy to find. And I've raised up people throughout this nation. And I have a people all over this earth who are praying for the United States in this very hour, who are holding this country up before me because they realize that they need this nation also. So these are the days of your deliverance. Rejoice! 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 And be glad... Because I have given you your nation back. And the manifestation of its new birth is at hand. So rejoice and lift up your head and be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Oh, let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's sing something that will cause us to rejoice. How many of you know that faith shouts and rejoices while the walls are still staring you in the face? This has nothing to do with what we see with these eyes, but everything to do with what we see down here. Hallelujah. I heard someone recently say, you know, We're faith people, and we talk a lot about, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I believe. But this lady stood behind the pulpit this weekend and said, Hey, why don't you get to a point where you begin to seize some things in the Spirit so you can be moved by the power of God? And that's where the truth lies, folks. It's living and seeing and rejoicing and praising in the Spirit. It's not having this form of godliness, just get into church at 9 and, and maybe we'll be out at 10.15 if we're lucky. You know, we'll only miss about 10 minutes of the 49ers game. Those days in this church are over. I said those days in this church are over. If I have to move it to one service at 10 a.m. and have a two, three-hour service, I will do it. This is a Word-filled, Holy Ghost-filled church of the living God. The days for this pastor of going to... I was not born for religion. I was born for revival. 
Amen. So let's lift up our hands and stir ourselves up a little bit. Come on, Saint. Bless the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Anybody happy in here today? Not just a song that we sing. That's a reality. If you know Jesus, the Bible says happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Anybody in here, raise your hand with me and say, Jesus is my Lord. So I'm happy, happy, happy. Amen. Praise God. Well, go ahead and greet your neighbor. Tell them that you are happy, happy, happy. Happy in the house. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen. So glad to see all of you this morning. How many of you were able to attend at least one of the nights uh, this past week with uh, Brother Keith Moore? How many of you were at least one of those? Wasn't that a rich time? Hallelujah. My, 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 my. That's all we can say. If you are not able to attend those services, I invite you to go over or encourage you to go over to the bookstore and order the CDs. If you did order them, you can pick them up today. I don't know how many excess that they have in there, but if they don't have enough, order those and please listen to them. You will be blessed. Can I get another amen? Praise God. Well, do we have any guests this morning? You've never attended a service here at Heart of the Bay, and we'd like to identify you and get you a free gift. Anyone here today, this is your first time to be in one of our services? Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. A couple of gentlemen, God bless you. We're so delighted to have you inside that packet. There's another one right back here, guys. Inside the packet that you're receiving, there's a little welcome guest coupon in there. Bring it out to our guest center and you'll receive a free gift. We're delighted to have you. How many of you like Heart of the Bay? We like this place because Jesus is Lord in this place. So we do want to encourage you to invite people to church. People need Jesus. Amen. As a matter of fact, right now we are still running our salt and light class. This is the second week of it. I know you all are in here, so you wanted to come to the 9 a.m. service. But if you still want to attend that at 9.30, you can do that. This is the second week of it. It's going to be going for five weeks. And my, it's getting really good information out into the hands of folks. Other good things that are going on here at Heart of the Bay that you need to be aware of, the Couple Together class. That 101, Marriage 101 is going to be resuming here in October real soon. On October the 6th, brand new DVD teaching on God's blueprint for a great marriage by Chip Ingram. If you're a married couple and you have any questions about what goes on in Couple Together, Paul and Dee Dee, would you all stand? This is Paul and Dee Dee Vernosi. They have been over our Couple Together team for many, many years, and they can answer all your questions. They can tell you how to have days of heaven on earth. Don't they look happy? They're happy. Happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the marriage who Jesus is Lord of. Amen. And also they'll be doing a game night that you can uh, find the details about that as well. And then this evening at 6.30, we're going to be continuing along the lines of prayer fuels the vision. We had a great prayer time last Sunday night. Tonight they'll be teaching and a time of prayer again, so invite you to come back. Make sure you look at all the things going on at Heart of the Bay because lots of good things are happening here. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, speaking of prayer, Thursday night I'm calling a special uh, prayer meeting uh, here at church at 7.30. And we're going to be uh, praying about the vision. I may show you some of the clips that I shared with you this morning uh, about a lady that was preaching the Word of God on the subject of prayer. Patsy Caminetti, you've probably heard of her before. Amen. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you, if we went to a 10 a.m. service, because it seems as if that we are now having more than enough space for both services... And I, I'm seriously praying about uh, just going to one service on a Sunday morning. And I want you to be honest with me. How many of you absolutely would not be able to make it if we went to a 10 a.m. service? Raise your hand. No condemnation. So that's none of you. Okay. So how many of you would be able to make it to a 10 a.m. service? Raise your hand. All right. So that's about 100%. So one of the things that I'm very interested in doing is stewarding the vision that God has given us 
And along with stewarding the vision, I need to steward a staff, and so I need to steward the energy of the staff. I need to oversee and steward all the ministry of helps. And so it would be just awesome, and it would just be wonderful, you know, if we had jam-packed services, both services. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God. But looking at it very carefully this past week and praying about it, I'm just not so sure that we couldn't have a greater move of God and a greater impact in our services if we went to one service at 10 a.m. So I want you to pray about that with me. Amen? I'm not saying we're going to do that, but... uh, you know, when you see a lot of empty seats in the first service and then and quite a few empty seats in the second service, uh, it just seems to me like we might be able to get a lot accomplished right at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then I wouldn't be on the clock. Uh, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but being on the clock. But when I come uh, to preach, I come loaded for bear. And, and I don't like cutting worship short. And I don't like uh, kind of going through the motions, uh, and it's not what I was born for. No. I, I was born to, to preach, to teach, until I get it all out. So, you know, a lot of times, about 10, 10, 10, 15, I'm just getting warmed up, you know, and, and it's time to go. And one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I just don't want to have the Spirit of God want to do something and then us be bound by a clock. Are you listening to me? And, and so we're just, we're just praying about it. We're, we're looking at it very carefully. And so you pray with me about it for the wisdom of God there. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. Proverbs, the third chapter. And uh, let's notice something over there uh, in Proverbs chapter 3. Don't get sad on me now. My wife's glad about it. All right. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says this. He says, honor, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine what? See, here's another thing I'd like to be able to do. I'd like to be able to take more time with the offering. Not to beg people for money. But how many of you know that faith comes by hearing? And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so it is extremely important that we hear God's Word concerning giving, concerning tithing, and considering honoring the Lord with our substance. Amen? Amen? And so that it not just be a thing, oh, it's offering time, let's get this over with quick so you can preach for 20 minutes. That's just not what I was born for. In, in Proverbs, the third chapter, again, he says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first, cru- first fruits of what? All of thine increase. All thine increase. So this tells me, number one, that increase is the will of God. Amen. That increase is the plan of God. Amen. If you look at Psalms 115, it says this, That the Lord is mindful of you, he's mindful of me, and that the Lord will increase us more and more, you and your children. Amen. Say this with me. Increase Increase. is the will of God God. and is the plan of God God. for me. And so for me then to experience increase, I must position myself for this kind of increase. And one way, but not the only way, that we position ourselves for increase is by bringing our tithes and by bringing our offerings unto the Lord. Amen. Now quickly go over to, uh, well, look at verse 10 before we go there. In verse 10 says, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. How many of you like your storehouses to be full? So we see the word increase. We see the word plenty. And look with me over to Malachi, the third chapter now. The book of Malachi, chapter 3. Somebody says, Pastor, you're discouraged? No, I'm not discouraged. I just want to be more effective. And I want to be able to steward, praise God, 
what God's given us with wisdom and the anointing. Say it with me. This is a word church, and this is a Holy Ghost church. Amen. In Proverbs 3, verse 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes. And Malachi 3, 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes, where? Into the storehouse. Into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, Hewis, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out, what? I like that. So we see the word blessing. We see the word increase, and we see the word plenty. You suppose it's the will of God for you to have plenty? You suppose it's the will of God for you to have the blessing on you? And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast forth their fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And so as we bring our tithes and our offerings today, I want you to be mindful of this. You're not bringing it to a man. You're bringing it to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. And he receives our tithes and he receives our offering when we put it in his hands. Amen? Let's pray over the word as we receive it today. Father, we just come before you today. We're thankful for the, for the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, that we've been set free from the powers of darkness. Lord, as we open your word today, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that utterance would be given. Lord, thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear. Sir, I pray that you would speak through my lips, think through my mind, minister to these precious ones this day in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We're going to continue on with our series on uh, No More Limits. Everyone say, No More Limits for Me. Well, you know, the children of Israel, they did limit the Holy One of Israel. And as a result, they were kept back from entering into the land of promise or the promised land. And God has a promised land for each and every one of you here. Is that right? And in this promised land, it's a land that's flowing. It's a land that's flowing with milk. It's a land that's flowing with honey. It's a land where there's not only abundance of goods, but there's abundance of joy. This land that God brings us into is a land of righteousness. This land, this kingdom that you and I are a part of, is a kingdom of peace. And it is a kingdom and it is a land of great joy. Hallelujah. Thank God that we're no longer out in the wilderness. Thank God that we're no longer lost and without hope because we have no covenant. But thank God we've got a covenant with a covenant-keeping God. He said in His Word that His covenant that He will never break, nor will He alter, nor will He change the things that have gone forth from out of His mouth. Think about that. Our Father is not like man in that man sometimes gets caught up in telling false things. But God is not a man that He should lie. God is not a man. Our Father is the Father of all truth. He's not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he not spoken, and shall he not make it good? You see, in this kingdom that you and I have been brought into, this is a kingdom where there are no more limits. This is a king where Jesus is Lord. And when Jesus is Lord in your life, when he is first place in your life, when you put him first and you seek him with all of your heart, the scripture says that all of these things shall be added unto you. You know, my God and your God is not the subtractor. He is the adder. Well, what kind of things then can be added to us? Well, the things that Matthew 6 says that people get worried about. Things like shelter. Things like food. Things like clothing. Things like greenbacks. Amen. He said, if you'll put me first, if you'll honor me, 
If you'll put the things of the kingdom first, then I will have no problem adding all things into your hands. Woo, glory to God. Amen. And in the context of Matthew chapter 6, he told us, don't worry. Don't fret. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Because I believe this, our Father's got us. Our Father's got us. Amen. That's why he told us not to be afraid. In Luke 12, 32, he says, do not be seized with alarm. Do not be fearful, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. And so, really, the limits that, our li- the limits that come up in our lives are often self-induced. You know, it's not where we grew up. It's not the color of our skin. It's not where we work. It's none of those things. The limits oftentimes that we experience are limitations that we've set upon ourselves. But let's declare real strong today, no more limits for me. Look at your neighbor and say, no more limits for you. Amen. So the opposite of being limited is being unlimited or The opposite of being limited is to have boundless or to be a boundless blessing and grace in your life. Now, if I'm going to experience this no more limits in my life, if I'm going to operate in kingdom principles and and walk in the blessings of God, there cannot be no more strife in my life. Amen? In other words, to have no more limits, there must be no more strife. There must be no more bitterness. There must be no more attitude, if you will. There must be no more allowing ourselves to become agitated and frustrated and harbor bitterness and harbor unforgiveness. If we are going to live an unfailing, limited, unlimited life, we must walk in the supernatural love and life of Almighty God. And then we've also discussed this. For there to be no more limits in our lives, there must be no more pride. No more pride. How many of you know that pride goes before a fall? And so the, the, the antidote for pride is humility. And we discussed this in a previous session That if we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that the God whom we humble ourselves under will exalt us in due time. Say this with me. Humility Humility equals equals exaltation. exaltation. Point your finger at yourself. No more pride. Then if I'm going to experience no more limits, there must be no more ignorance in my life. We talked about that in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says this, that my people are destroyed for what? For a lack of knowledge. One thing that we should be increasing in is in the knowledge of him. Look at Colossians chapter 1, if you would, this morning. Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me a verse here concerning... The knowledge of Him. Colossians, the first chapter. And we see a really, really good truth here. Paul prayed a lot about increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, We notice this in verse 9 of Colossians chapter 1. Notice this with me. For this cause... In other words, there was a cause for his prayer. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Anytime you see the knowledge of his will, you could just as easily say the knowledge of his word. Or the knowledge of his personhood. That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now notice verse 10. I want you to read that with me. 
that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. When you and I increase in the knowledge of God, of His Word, of His plan, and of His will, we will experience unlimited power, unlimited grace, unlimited blessing, just because you found out that it's the will of God for our lives. I cannot walk in, nor can you walk in something that you don't know about. I mean, if somebody was going to give you an automobile after church, let's say they were going to give you a brand new Mercedes-Benz. How many of you could go for a brand new Mercedes-Benz? Someone's going to give you a brand new Mercedes-Benz. But if they never ever told you about it, how would you ever know where to pick up the keys at? I mean, he may tell Brother Al back there, I've got a brand new Mercedes for sister so-and-so, and here's the keys. But if Brother Al forgets, guess what? You ain't going to get your Mercedes because you didn't know about. What you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know can kill you. But thank God you and I are not ignorant. We are filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with the knowledge of his word. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so then, for there to be no more limits in my life, there also must be no more distractions. Or in other words, I must not allow myself to become distracted with the cares of this life. Everyone say focused. Focus. Means this. That I'm focused on Christ's unlimited riches every day. Now here's one which I'm not so sure that's going to go over real big. But this is true. This is so true and it's so important. For me to experience no more limits in my life, I'll put myself right in the same boat. For us to experience no more limits in our life, there must be no more faithlessness. There must be no more faithlessness. What is the opposite of being faithless? So for us to experience the unlimited grace of God, we must... Be faithful. Pastor Mark says, well, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful. I'm just trying to be. Get out of, the, out of the realm of trying and get into the arena of being a doer. It's not the triers of the word that get blessed. It's the doers of the word that get blessed. It's not those that are trying to be faithful. It kind of connotates this idea oh brother pray for me that i'll be faithful pray that i'll just hold out faithful till the end oh jesus i want to be faithful i want to be faithful how many years have people told him that that and ended up in the same faithless mess that they've been in for decades now i didn't put your name on that look at your neighbor and say stay hooked okay so that's my introduction. Introduction. You see what I mean? It's already 9.53. I mean, I, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. So let's look over at Galatians chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 22. Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 22. Let's read this one together. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence. Read that last one. So we see here that faithfulness is a fruit of the recreated human spirit. Somebody says, what do you mean by the recreated human spirit? By that I mean those that have been born of God. Once you have been born of God, 
the attributes of God come on the inside of you. For example, love is in you. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Faith is in you in a measure. But he's also put the seed or the fruit of faithfulness on the inside of us. Now, along with the new birth comes the responsibility then of cultivating all these things that are on the inside of us. Faithfulness is there. But how many of you know faithfulness can be a fruit on the inside and never show up on the outside? Now, I believe this firmly, that every one of you, without exception, every person in this auditorium this morning has been given a gifting by God. I believe that God has put on the inside of each and every one of us talents and giftings to be used for his glory. Now, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to start at verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven, as is a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave how many talents? Five, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. First thing I want to say about this is this. We ought not to compare ourselves with each other. It is unfair to compare the results of the man that was given five with the results of the man that was given two. Amen. Amen. You see, what we need to understand is this, is our Father is not just looking for quantity. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for faithfulness. And so here's the thing. Every person in here today, you can be and you must be faithful with what he's been given, what he's given to you. Why did he give the one five? Why did he give the one two? And why did he give the one one? Because he knew their ability. He gave them talents according to their respective abilities. Now, I can sing. I might be a half-talent guy when it comes to singing. Pastor Tom is more like a five-talent guy when it comes to singing. But I don't compare myself with Pastor Tom. I don't try to be like Pastor Tom to lead worship because that's the ability that God gave Pastor Tom. And so I rejoice in the abilities that he's placed on the inside of him. But I'm telling you what, I can take my half talent and I can join in and I can praise God right along with y'all. And I can get in the shower in the morning, glory to God, and speak in tongues and sing in tongues and rejoice in the Lord always. I can run down Hallelujah Hallway in the morning over on Casper Street in Union City and rejoice in the Lord my God and give Him praise from the morning till night. So understand this, that we should not and must never compare ourselves with one another. Verse 16. Then he that received the five talents, he went and traded the same and made them other five talents. Say it with me. He was faithful. faithful. And likewise, he that received two also gained how many? He received two. In other words, they were wise stewards. They doubled what God had given them. Remember Keith Hershey preached a message years ago, doubles doable. Yeah. Hallelujah. But he that received one, he digged it in the earth and he hid his Lord's money. He went on, he dug a hole. He dug a hole. It wasn't the will of God for him to dig a hole and hide his talent. It was the will of God for him to honor and value the one talent that he had been given. Get rid of all the insecurities. Get rid of all the comparisons. And honor the Lord with what's been given to him and have it multiplied. Now this is prophetic. We must. I must. Y'all must. We must 
give an account with what we have been given. Verse 20. And so, he that received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained beside five more. His Lord said unto him, and this is what you really want to hear. And this is what I want to hear. Well done, thou good and what kind of servant? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, but now I'm going to increase it and I'm going to, ooh, glory. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Don't be deceived. Your faithfulness here on earth carries over into the next age. Hallelujah. I may be looking at some governors of some states here this morning. He said, I've made you ruler over many. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord your God. Was he pleased? Now notice verse 22. He also that had received two talents, he came. And he said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said exactly the same thing. Let's read it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord your God. I want you to see this. He got the exact same commendation. Why was that? Because it was the same faithfulness. Now you mark it down. Faithfulness matters. Say that with me. Faithfulness matters. You being faithful to steward your time matters to God. Don't tell me you don't have time to be in the Word when you sit in front of the television two, three hours a night. Faithfulness over your treasures, it matters to God. Faithfulness over your talents, it matters to God. Say it with me, it matters. And so he doesn't necessarily reward quantity, he rewards faithfulness. The question I have, and the question I must ask myself on a regular basis, look in the mirror. Mark, what are you doing with what's been given to you? What are you doing with what's been given to you? That's a question we must ask ourselves. Without exception, without exception, every one of us wants to hear, well done. You think about it. There's coming a, you know we're not always going to be doing what we're doing right now. Whoo, there's a new age coming on the scene. Jesus one day is going to split the eastern sky. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then the glory of the Lord is going to take us right out of this earth, right into the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. Think about that. I mean, the head of the church, your Savior, the champion, that triumphed over death, hell, and the grave, that grabbed the keys. (laughs) He calls out your name. And you stand before him and you hear, well done. You've been faithful to tithe. You've been faithful to sow. You've been faithful to serve. You didn't waste time. You stewarded your time and you put it in my hands for my glory. Well done, son of God. Well done, daughter. 
You've been faithful over a few things. Now, I want you to rule over this. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I want to give you rulership over something in the world to come. But the truth of the matter is, it's not reasonable that we're going to hear that if we've not been faithful. And the thing about it is, is we can't change it when we get there. The good news is, we're not there yet. And so it's important then for all of us to examine ourselves. It's not too late. Adjustments can be made. You know why? Because God is so good. And it's not the badness of God that causes men and women to change or to repent. But it's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand and say, my God's good. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Shout it with me. The goodness of God. It leads me to repentance. Now notice verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man. You see, he had a perverted image of God. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. He believed negative things about his master. And so many people have a twisted, perverted image of their heavenly father. They think that he's some sort of a taskmaster, that he's some sort of a hard man. How many of you know the devil is a liar? I said the devil is a liar. But now here's what the thing that kept him back from taking that talent, holding it up before the Lord and using it for the glory of God is found in the next verse. And I was afraid. Fear will keep you from stepping out. Fear will keep us from being faithful. Fear will keep you from doing the will of God. He said, I was afraid. And here's what I did. I went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And his Lord answered and said, Thou wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I sow not, and I gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put thy money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. How many of you know he expects a return? Many of you work out in the marketplace. You're in the workplace. They have goals for you. They set them. They have what they call quotas that must be met. In other words, if you are a person that is in sales, there is an expectation for you to perform and to execute. I guarantee you, God has placed Brenda and I over a tremendous staff, and they're hard workers. But if we came to work one day, and everyone was sitting around playing checkers and drinking wine, they wouldn't be here very long. No, there is an expectation from the head of the church for us to perform. That's why I purpose in my heart, not that I'm performing now, but I am preaching and I am ministering. And this is what I'm called to do. That's why I purpose in my heart every time I get up behind this pulpit, whether it be few or many or just one or two snaggletooth women. I am going to do my very best. Now, my best may not be as good as someone else's best, but at least it's my best. And that's what I'm responsible for. And you know what? You and I can get better and we can do better. Say with me, I can get better and I can do better. You know, a coach, um, if they've got like a, a, a superstar on the team, and let's say that he's a, he's a five 
talent, superstar basketball player. And he sees that superstar showing up late for practice. And he sees that superstar acting like something that he's all that. That coach, if he's got any guts, that coach will not let that slide. He will require more. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was a good basketball player for my height and for my size. And I went and I tried out for the freshman team in the college I went to. And I knew I was better than a lot of them. But the problem was, is I acted like I was. I acted like I was. And so I had this attitude. It's going to be easy to make this team. It's going to be easy to make this starting five. I'm from the city, and these boys are country boys. I thought I was something on a stick. And I discovered this, that if you think you're something on a stick, God will make toothpicks out of your stick real quick. (laughs) And so the coach pulled me aside. He was a good coach. And he had a good talk with me. He said, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You're out there. You're not hustling. You're not getting up and down the court. You're not playing defense. You're playing basketball like it's laissez-faire. Easy come, easy go. And that's all I needed. I saw it. And I said, okay, that's done with. That's over with. And so I brought it up to the level where I could function at, at the top of my game for who I was. And I made the team, and I did good until I got kicked off about three quarters of the way through the season. You can start faithful. But on the road, you can be faithless. But you see, a good coach. You know, you can coast through life. You can coast through Christianity. You can say, oh, you know, I attended this seminar. I went to that prophetic conference. And, oh, my, I got this word from the Lord. How many of you know the words from the Lord are conditional? Based on your performance after you receive a word from the Lord. And sometimes those words from the Lord are not really a word from the Lord. It's simply a word from a man or a woman. Now we're really getting into it now. So it's, it's 10-12. This is a dilemma for me, guys. I haven't even started yet. I could preach this message to you. And I, and I know it's not wise to, to preach an hour and a half. Because, you know, the, the mind and the spirit will only endure what the seat can. But this is a dilemma for me. I don't like it. I love you. Don't misunderstand me. I love you and I value you and I honor the fact that you are here. But what I don't like is being on the clock. So can we go just a little bit further today? So a coach will hold the person responsible. And your heavenly coach will strive to bring out the best in you. And with your cooperation, you can hear, well done. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm better than coasting. Notice verse 28 and verse 29. He says... Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that has ten talents. Well, that's not unfair. That's socialism to think that way. We come from a governmentally socialistic mindset. The principle is this. If you take heed to what you have and you're faithful to steward it, you cannot help but have more be given to you. Notice verse 29. He says, for unto every man that hath, that is faithful, shall be given. 
And he shall have what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Abundance. But from that that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. Friends, you want to be, we desire to be faithful. Lift up your hands and say, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to forgive me of areas of faithlessness in my life. Holy Spirit, show me and reveal to me those areas in my life, in my time, in my talent, in my treasures, in my relationships that I need to come up in. And I'll purpose in my heart. I make this commitment before you today that I'll do whatever you say. I'll do whatever you say. I'll obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'll act on the written word and I will act on words from the Holy Spirit. I desire to be faithful. I call myself faithful. Hallelujah. Let's go a little further. Turn to me to Psalms 31, verse 23. Psalm 31, verse 23. Notice this now. Here are some of the things that faithfulness will bring or will do in your life. These will be activated when you are faithful. Psalm 31, 23 says, O love the Lord, all ye his, what? Somebody says, well, I ain't a saint. Well, you ain't an ain't. If you're born of God, you is a saint. For the Lord preserveth the faithless. No, thank God the Lord preserves what? The faithful. And he plentifully rewards the proud doer. That word preserveth means to watch over, to guard, and to keep. I love his keeping power, don't you? This is for the people. This is for the faithful. Not for the people that show up to church every now and then. This is for the faithful. Now, I know this isn't politically correct, but it's scripturally correct. See, a lot of these politicians, you know, they dance around a lot of questions. They're trained to do that. They do that really well. Why? Because they want to be politically correct. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about being politically correct. I want to be nice, but I'm more concerned about being scripturally correct. Here's what faithfulness produces. It produces a hedge of protection around you. It produces his keeping power. Turn with me to Psalms 101, verse 6. Psalms 101, verse 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. I can sense it in the crowd right now. The desire to be more faithful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's coming up. See, this is what the Word does. The Word, the implanted Word, the engrafted Word will get in your heart. And then the Holy Spirit, Taylor makes the message for each of us individually. Look at Psalm 101. Verse 6, here's some things that faithfulness will do, and we'll go a little bit further next week. Psalms 101, verse 6 says, My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. Oh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. What I want you to see here is that little phrase there, that they may dwell with me. His eyes are upon us, 
And as we are faithful, I believe this, we will experience his presence in a stronger and in a greater way in this day and in days to come. I believe that God saturates his people that are faithful with his presence. And then look at Proverbs 13, verse 17. Proverbs 13, in verse 17. Notice this, it says this. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. Well, we're not wicked, are we? No. Say with me, I am the righteousness, I am the righteousness. of God in Christ. It says here now, a wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is what? A faithful ambassador is health. So we see here that faithfulness is connected to divine health. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Faithfulness is connected to divine health. And then in closing, turn me to Proverbs 28. Notice this in verse 20. Proverbs, the 28th chapter and the 20th verse. Here are the blessings for the faithful. It says here that a faithless man, a faithless man, because you know, after all, he's under grace. And it doesn't really matter what you do or where you go or how you live because we're under grace. That's been, never mind. A faithless man. No. A faithful man. There's that word again. Shall abound. Shall increase. Shall experience plenty. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. That word abound there means increase or become great. I looked up the word blessings there, guys. The word blessings there means prosperity. A faithful man shall abound with prosperity. It also denotes the word rich. Everyone say rich. Rich. And the word rich simply means to be abundantly and amply and magnificently supplied. Now notice this with me. The blessing part is his part. But the faithfulness part is our part. See, a lot of people want to just say, well, I'm abounding with blessings. Glory to God. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. But I don't understand, Pastor, how come it's not a working? Have you been faithful? You can confess the blessing on your life till you are literally blue in the face. But if you have not been faithful, it's all to no avail. I'm going to say it again. The blessing part is his part. How many of you know you can't bless yourself? But the faithfulness part is our part. Let me ask you this morning. What opens boundless blessing in your life? It's me being faithful. See, many people don't qualify for more because they've not been faithful with what they've been given. So the question is, are you faithful to what you've been giving. It's not about crying and pushing, trying to attain to another level of increase. There's no shortage of ability on his side. In Luke 16, 10, it says this, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Let's all stand to our feet. Pastor Tom, Tom, come to the piano if you will. Well, Pastor Tom is on the way up. I'm going to redeem the time and I'm going to say some things while he's doing that. And that is this, how we handle what God has given us, no matter how small or large, determines whether we'll be given more. If he's going to add to us, we must be faithful. I believe the Lord is looking for people that'll just open up their hearts and say, Lord, it might seem like a $1 assignment, but I'm going to be faithful to that $1.
Lord, it might just be something that seems small and insignificant. I know you've got more for me, but you're never going to get to the more until you go through the door of faithfulness. He that is faithful in little will become faithful also in much. Now I want to open up the altars right now just for a few moments. And I want us to consecrate our lives and dedicate our lives to being more faithful. Who will join me at the altar? I'm going to come. Brenda's going to come. Pastor Nancy's going to come. Who will join me at the altar? Say, yes, Lord. I will be more faithful.